Welcome to the Fabulous 413. I'm Khalees Smith. And I'm Monty Belmonte. It's Live Music Friday, and later in the show, we'll come, we'll welcome to the studio local folk legend Tracy Grammer playing the Parlor Room in Northampton tomorrow. We'll take you around the corner in Northampton to First Churches, where we'll hear about the Lowbrow Craft Fair. And then down the street in Northampton to State Street for a wine Thunderdome preview of what you can taste at their gala tomorrow. And we're bringing a special guest taster with us because we usually need a tiebreaker. Yeah, but speaking of the streets of Northampton, Sunday morning at 6 a.m. in Northampton, a 25-mile march will kick off. A story in the Gazette by Emily Klein says, quote, Palestinian advocates will march 25 miles, the length of the Gaza Strip, from Northampton to Springfield on Sunday to demand Senator Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey call for a permanent ceasefire. The 12-hour event, expected to draw at least 150 people, starts in Northampton at 6 a.m. and includes stops in East Hampton, Holyoke, and West Springfield before culminating in a vigil outside of the Springfield offices of Warren and Markey. Joining us from Western Mass's chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace is Kaya Jackson, a Jewish uh, local artist, facilitator, community educator who's been involved in arts-based activism in connection with sexual violence prevention and racial justice education, and Charlie Hollenbeck, an herbalist, writer, and artist who's also part of this march that starts on Sunday. Thank you both for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. <laughs> well, this is a topic that is is fraught, as everybody knows. That there, um, Anytime you talk about this topic publicly, you're going to get some form of backlash. We had a conservative rabbi on yesterday uh, giving her perspective on the situation in, Gog- in Gaza uh, and the situation with October 7th. Um, Jewish Voice for Peace is an organization that's been working uh, for many years uh, as part of the Jewish community advocating for the Palestinian people. Uh, Kaya, tell us about the idea of this march and why you wanted to do a march from Northampton to Springfield. Absolutely. Thank you for asking and thanks for having us. Um, <clears throat> so the sor- the this march emerged for so many reasons and from so many sources. Um, I had been involved in local actions for ceasefire um, for many weeks, uh, if not months, and was just coming to a place of wondering, like, what strategy will will communicate um, the message of um, love that I'm hoping to communicate and um, and join people or invite people in to join um, and build coalition together and build community around this issue. Um, and so I was actually exhausted and I just sat down <laughs> and started to daydream a little bit. Um, and that's when I just, I was wondering like, what can I do individually? And I thought about a hunger strike. And then I was like, I don't have a platform for that. That's That will be just sacrifice with no result. <laughs> um, and then um, the idea of a march came to me. Um, and it's not original to me. It's something that's been used um, I think across many liberation movements and across history, certainly in the civil rights movement, um, in many anti-war and peace movements. Um, And after this idea gained some traction um, in the Jewish community um, and organizers um, that were meeting at the time, our our kind of conversations unfolded. Um, And I also learned that there is a group called Women Wage Peace. Um, It's an Israeli group and a Palestinian group called Women of the Sun. 
who had gathered together on October 4th um, to have an embodied um, gathering with music and dance to show solidarity um, with one another and to call for a negotiation for peace in the Middle East. Um, and of course, three days later, the attack happened. Um, and there are also other histories of um, marches more locally. Um, I also learned about um, the Water is Life water walk that happened that's indigenous-led along the Connecticut River. And, of course, we know about Monty's March. What is that now? Um, <laughs> I don't have to tell any of your fans about Monty's March. It's great. Uh, no context needed. Um, but if you don't know, it's a it's a food a march for the food bank. It just happened a couple weeks ago. It also happened to have gone from Springfield to Northampton, although the route you're taking must be longer because it was only 17 miles for me, and it's 25 miles for you. So Right. Our route will actually pretty closely follow the river, uh-huh. um, partly um, in light of the indigenous walk, the Water is Life water walk that has happened, um, and thinking a lot about um, solidarity across place and, and um, global solidarity with indigenous activists. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you want to add to that, Charlie. Um, yeah. Um, I'll just say that um, when... Uh, the when this um, <laughs> genocide started on October seventh, um, the people in Palestine had to walk from north to south. Um, they were evacuated from their homes. Um, over one point four million people were displaced, and so a big part of doing this march is um, to show solidarity with them in a very tangible way, um, and also because. Um, uh, the death toll right now in Palestine is uh, 21,000, according to Euromed Human Rights. 42,000 have been injured. 70% of those injured have been women and children. Um, About half the population of Gaza is under the age of 18. Um, So I believe that we are marching in order to show up for Palestine Um, and to show um, Senator uh, Warren and Markey that we are serious about uh, getting a ceasefire. I know their constituents, we've been calling nearly every day for the past two months, um, and neither of them have called for a ceasefire. So we not only hope this march is a peaceful and embodied way to show solidarity with the people of Palestine, but also um, to demand a permanent ceasefire. We're speaking with Charlie Hollenbeck and Kaya Jackson, who are part of the Western Mass chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace, who will be part of a 25-mile march that starts on Sunday and will go from Northampton to Springfield. We've talked with Congressman Jim McGovern uh, weekly, basically, about this since the events of October 7th. Um, there, When we announced that Jewish Voice for Peace was going to be coming on the show, uh, listeners reached out and were saying that the Anti-Defamation League has a perspective on Jewish Voice for Peace, which would put them in the category of anti-Semitic. Is this Western Mass chapter more open-minded, inclusive, less uh, trying to bring people together from the Jewish community, the Palestinian community, and just this community writ large? Or when you hear about the pushback from the Anti-Defamation League, what's the Western Mass chapter's take on that? Yeah, well, um, 
I want to be transparent that I'm fairly new to the Western Mass chapter, and we're um, in a in a place of transition with some. I'm training as a core organizer right now, mm. um, and so I, I hesitate to speak <laughs> representing the chapter. Um, however, um, in terms of my own perspective on this, I will say um, I believe that um, there are many. There are many ways to be Jewish and live into one's Jewish values. Um, and I don't think one can call um, a way of practice or or strategy that is ultimately um, aiming to save lives um, anti-Semitic, especially um, when it's a strategy practiced by somebody of Jewish identity. Um, so I personally would push against any um, <laughs> any claim that Jewish Voice for Peace is doing something anti-Semitic. Um, the Jews that I'm collaborating with very closely um, are doing this um, out of a deep commitment to peace and justice um, and out of a love for the Jewish people as well as the Palestinian people um, and a desire to um, to seek um, diplomatic solutions that will save lives, um, ultimately on all sides. Mm. Um, and I strongly believe that um, military solutions tend to replicate the problem um, mm. and to create more violence and not less. Hmm. Charlie or Kaya, have either of you gone on a 25-mile march before? I have not. <laughs> Good shoes. Do you need Good any songs. tips? <laughs> Take tips. <laughs> well, I will say um, we. I'm also a disability justice educator, and I we're trying to very intentionally integrate practices of disability justice into our work on the streets, mm. the literal streets. Yeah. And so, <laughs> we will have uh, medics. We will have peacekeepers. Um, we will have support cars that are available to marchers, um, including organizers at any time to be able to like sit down or go back home or get back to their car or just take a break and then rejoin the march at some point. Um, we'll also have the opportunity for people to follow along virtually. Um, and so and our amazing co-organizer, uh, Tyler, is um, developing these audio prompts, um, which will basically be inviting people to take action steps from home, mm. um, which will include calling the senators um, and making a cup of tea um, <laughs> with herbs that help us to process things like grief mm. um, and and to build our energy for the long haul. Um, and we're also um, very intentionally building a culture of care um, where people will be uh, checking in with each other. And also there will be um, singing of um, very spiritually grounding songs um, by local Jewish musicians, um, as well as Palestinian songs throughout the march. Um, and so the vibe is chill and gentle and caring. I love that. Yeah. Yep, that's the best vibe. It's kind yeah. of what we all need, I think, with this situation. Yes. And it'll put in perspective for you that how much of global conversation is dominated by this small 25-mile stretch of land. It will put it in very real perspective for all mm -hmm. of you who, uh, who will walk that 25 miles starting on Sunday at 6 a.m. on Pleasant Street and landing at the Senators Warren and Markey's mm -hmm. offices uh, here in Springfield. Kaya Jackson and Charlie Hollenbeck from the Western Mass chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can find Thank out you. more information about their event on their Facebook page and beyond, I do believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Coming up, Franklin County folk music magic maker Tracy Grammer joins us for Live Music Friday. And a preview of the wines you can peruse at State Street Deli Wines and Spirits during their gala wine tasting tomorrow. But first, getting your holiday goodies from local artisans in a way that might not break your bank. We'll chat with Anne Thalheimer of Lowbrow Craft Festival. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. The Fabulous 413 podcast is funded by Northeast Solar, homegrown in Hatfield, Massachusetts, and providing energy savings for their customers for over 10 years. Learn more at northeast-solar.com. Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. If you are looking for local, fun, queer, and quirky gifts this holiday season, tomorrow is North Ham- Tomorrow in Northampton is totally your day. There are four simultaneous craft fairs happening, all essentially at the same time, and all within a hop, skip, and a jump from one another. And joining us to talk about the lowbrow craft fair happening at First Churches in Northampton is Ann Tallheimer. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, This is the one craft fair that I've known about the longest. I feel like it is the longest running one of these, for (laughs) sure. Um, I remember when it used to be in the old Northampton Center for the Arts in uh, the building right across the street from the Academy of Music. How long has this craft fair been going? I want to say like 10 years. I mean, obviously, we took some time off at the height of COVID, but it's been around for quite some time and in a lot of different places. But I think we found our home at First Churches, and it's been very successful. And it's a cozy little space. So it works It works really well for us. Really cool. Was it intentional to have these four craft fairs happening at the same time? We've talked to some of the other ones, but there's the Western Mass Makers Market at the Center for the Arts, the Queer Winter Makers Market at the Majestic Saloon, the Lowbrow Craft Fair, which you are from at First Churches, and then a curated craft fair at the Dirty Truth. If you don't know the layout of Northampton, these are all you know, two blocks from each other. (laughs) Yeah, super exciting. No, they just happened independently. I think some of it is because there's a limited number of weekends in December. Very true. And usually it's either, we usually go the first weekend um, and the hot chocolate run was that same weekend and the space wasn't available and whatever. So it just ended up, we pushed it back a week. And then one of the other organizers got in touch and was like, hey, by the way, I'm like, dang, I would totally have shopped these other markets if it wasn't the same day as my market. (laughs) Everybody else can, except for the organizers of the markets. I know. I was like, I want a power hour where I can just go and buy stuff from the other ones because like their vendor lineups are incredible. Yeah. The vendor lineups for all of them are pretty pretty great. But one thing that I've always admired about your particular fair is that there is... There is an effort to make the things that people are making affordable to yes. the public yeah. or more affordable to the public. Yeah. Can you talk about why that's important and, and how you're making it happen? Yeah. So this is sort of where the name Lowbrow comes from. because um, As I, opposed to the restaurant in Northampton Highbrow? I know. We were first, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> um, Definitely. So part of it is like I go to craft fairs and zine fairs and stuff all the time. I love this stuff. I love buying stuff right from the people who make it. Um, but I'm also a big proponent of making sure that anybody who comes in can have many choices from which to choose. And we sort of envisioned a kid coming in with a dollar and usually it's like, oh, you can buy a sticker. But I wanted it to be a thing where people could have many different choices. Um, And so what we do is this is largely on the honor system, but we ask our vendors to have roughly one half to one fourth of their table be priced at 20 bucks and under. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And they can bring seconds, they can bring experiments, they can bring all kinds of different stuff that they might not necessarily have at their studio shows or whatever. Um, but we try to really carefully curate and have a good mix of vendors. We don't have um, more than one or two types of the same sort of thing. And, you know, we have a lot of pottery vendors, but they're really distinctive and do different work. And we want people to come in and be able to browse and find a bunch of stuff that they love. We're speaking with Ann Tallheimer from the Lowbrow Craft Fair, which is happening tomorrow at First Churches in Northampton. I was looking at uh, the Facebook page and checking out some of the vendors, and mm-hmm. I like the picture of what I'm calling inappropriate pottery. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, where I can't read a lot of the stuff that was on it, but it's the kind of stuff I want to have in my house oh, with yeah. a lot of curse words on it, but also fun things like mugs that say tender queer yeah. or queer joy. And given the fact that my wife broke my favorite coffee mug Uh-oh. yesterday, oh, I think yesterday. one of the, yes. I got the best place you can come get a replacement for that I mug. know. <laughs> uh, so uh, apart from inappropriate pottery, uh, what other types of things can we get at this lowbrow oh, yeah. castle? No, I, I, that's both and pottery, and I love Ryan's work so much. He does such great work. Um, we did have a, someone message into our fair like, oh, the F word's on things. And I was like- Did you know? I was like, yeah, that know. could be like eight different people. What do you want me to do? <laughs> also, our, also, our name is Lowbrow. Right. Have, yeah. have you not noticed? Right. Well, we put it in our marketing this year. Like, you might see some salty language on stuff. Uh, that's okay. You know, <laughs> we like that. I, it's one of my favorite words. Um, Please don't say it now. I, no, no, no. I'm being very, very careful. Oh, I've been on radio before. Thank I, I, goodness. I'm well aware. Yay. But I'm, 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 I'm screaming it in my heart. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> screaming it in my heart. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot. Of, there are a lot of different vendors. Just sort of off the top of my head, um, one of the new vendors to us this year is Wild Fancy, and I'm really excited to see what they bring. Where are they from? Um, they're, they do a lot of different shows around the like, – they said they've done over like 100 different shows. Um, but it's like really cool jewelry with an LGBTQ plus focus and like really cool stuff. We've got recycled – uh, records made into like earrings. Oh, and I bowls. love when people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sock They kind of like melt the records and they, they oh, come yeah. out like these cool. It's you probably, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have like awesome, creepy, spooky stuff from Art Muffin, who's a, a great yeah. vendor. Uh, Matt Bartlett is going to bring his books, and that's like local horror, spooky, creepy goodness. Um, awesome different pottery. Um, Alia Rose is going to be there with her work, which is these cute, like, hand-built mugs and owls and foxes and monsters. I mean, we have a monster <laughs> theme. Alex Makes Monsters is going to be there with all kinds of super monstery goodness. Uh, Never Not Making is there, and they do this sort of, like, the best way I can describe it is sort of this colorful crayon explosion of color. <laughs> with real crayons? I mean, I think there are some crayons in there. Okay. And, um, Let's yeah. Not, not to tell Savalas this, but, like, you are not just running this. You are also a client, you also uh, make sure some am. of these things. Yeah. So tell us about your art. Too. Oh yeah, so um, I I'm a cartoonist by by trade, I guess, and an artist and an educator. But I I do my monster hat, and so under this banner, I make fleecy monster hats. Like axolotls are real big right now, but like <laughs> spiky monsters, fuzzy monsters. I do hand drawn cards and comics and other bits and bobs. Um, Why are axolotls hot right now? Because they're awesome. They're okay. adorable. They They're are so adorable, cool. but it's They're interesting. My son, who's ten, loves axolotls right now. There's a somebody did a parody version of Astronaut in the Ocean with a, <gasps> okay, a axolotl in the ocean. Yep, you can't is see that, this on radio, but what it, I'm doing is I'm putting on my axolotl hat over my earphones. We're right definitely going to take a picture of that. Yeah, there's it's a so picture fun. of this happening yeah. for sure. And that's a hat you made. This yeah. is a hat that I make. Yeah, and a hat that would be available at this lowbrow craft fair. Absolutely. <laughs> We're speaking with Ann Tallmeyer from the lowbrow craft fair, which is happening tomorrow at First Churches in Northampton, along with three other markets that are happening contiguously, so you can hit them all. And there's another thing you can hit in uh, Northampton that's happening at the same time that we'll 
talk about in a little bit. But um, this is at a church, and we were mentioning yep. that there's inappropriate pottery, and that maybe is that why the people were uh, pushing back and, and uh, talk about that church and why it welcomes. Oh, sure. Um, such a queer, fun, and yeah. somewhat irreverent type craft yeah. scene. Well, I mean, I guess inappropriate is is a relative, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think it's super appropriate for Me this too. chair because it's amazing <laughs> work. And, like, again, Ryan does such cool stuff. Um, what we like particularly about First Churches is that we really wanted to find a space in Northampton. And that, like, finding finding space in Northampton is hard. Yes. Right? Like, getting into a space and being able to establish a relationship. and Because one of the things that makes fair successful is being able to be in the same place year after year. And I think we finally hit that groove. But it took us, like... It took us like six years to get there. Um, and, you know, one of the things about First Churches that's awesome is that they really are welcoming. Like there was one year we were coming in to set up and um, there was like an AA group that was coming out while we were coming in. And I was just I just love that that space is open to that kind of thing. There was a contra dance coming in after our fair one year. There's just so much cool stuff going on in there. So we're we're just excited that we can continue that relationship with them. What's the best thing about putting this fair on year after year after year? Uh, some of it is being able to like develop, like help develop newer vendors. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a hard show to get into. Like we're very, I don't want to say that we're picky, but like we don't accept resellers. Um, there are lots of people who apply who make really good stuff. It's just not a great fit for our fair. And that is sometimes a bummer to sort of be like, I'm really sorry, your stuff is great. It's just we don't have room and it's not a fit. Um, but being able to like do outreach, like wild fancy, I love their work. And when they applied, I was like over the moon excited (laughs) and like, oh, this is going to be great. Um, or going to other fairs and being like, okay, this vendor would be a really good fit. And part of what we do is also connect the vendors with each other. And so that way they start to network and they stay in touch and they like alert other folks to, um, fairs that might be happening in their area or things they're putting together. And so being able to sort of help build that kind of community or like create the space for the community to help build itself uh, feels really important. And Tallheimer from the Lowbrow Craft Fair, I don't mean you to have to like pick your favorite child. Uh, Mine's Atticus. But uh, if you had to pick one thing you're going to get (laughs) at your craft fair, which happens tomorrow between 11 and 5 at First Churches in Northampton. Do you know at least what the first thing you're going to make sure to get is going to be? See, it depends from year to year because I love all these vendors dearly and I like I try to get something from each of them and I like to trade Mm. because that is my big thing. I love trading with other vendors. Um, I'm thinking about like things I consistently buy from year to year. I buy a lot of cards Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of cards and paper goods at this fair. So I do that. Um, but I, I like go around and like visit all the good stuff. Like I always go say hi to Malia's mugs. And like last year she had these like tiny little monsters that were like maybe the size of half of a finger or something. And like I, I was too slow. I should have snapped it up the second I saw it because I came back and there was just an empty spot. And I was like, oh, buddy. So maybe that'll be my first stop. If she's got any more of those like little tiny guys, I'd be like, all right, I learned my lesson last year. I feel like it's a bad idea for you to be justifying my poor impulse control, but thank you. Uh, It's going to be a hard day for me, too, because I'm going to try to hit all these craft fairs. And and the thing that we're going to talk about in the next segment, it is the Lowbrow Craft Fair at First Churches in Northampton on Main Street from 11 to 5. There are three other markets, makers markets happening almost at the same time. A lot of them um, have some COVID protocols there, too, which is if that's something... 
that you uh, care about, that you think there will be masks provided at certain locations, certain mask-only hours at some of these craft fairs, and again, all sorts of my type of inappropriate yeah. pottery and other things happening at the lowbrow Not craft to mention fair. just helping like local artisans do the stuff that they love to do and that you love to have. Yeah, and or if you don't want trash for the holidays, or we're going to talk about this on Monday, how do you recycle whatever trash you're going to get because of the holidays and the wrapping paper and the plastics and all that? This is a great way to still give gifts but to support local artists and right to on. know that this is coming from a, a good local place and keeping your dollars local at the same time. Yeah. Antalheimer from the Lowbrow Craft Fair, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hope to see you tomorrow. Yeah, oh, you, you will. will. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the glorious sounds of Tracy Grammer headed your way as she readies for a handful of shows across the 413 in the coming weeks. And next, we'll head into some big reds at State Street. Their gala tasting is also at the same time in Northampton as these craft fairs tomorrow. Get yourself a gift, get yourself some wine. You're listening to The Fabulous <laughs> 413 on 88.5 NEPM. In the Wine Bunker, deep below State Street Fruit Store, Deli Wines and Spirits, for the Wine Thunderdome with the Wine Sun, the Yankee Sippa, me, Khalees, and a special guest. Tiebreaker! We have had so many ties down here that we thought we would bring a tiebreaker. She's already gotten some experience. Yes, she did a live wine tasting with us, a live Thunderdome at the open house at NEPM. The news department's very own, Nirvani Williams. Thanks for joining Ooh, us. Ooh, hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Nirvani, are we allowed to talk about the big news that you have this week? Yes, we totally can. I am going to have one of my stories on NPR. So Not, not this little rinky-dink NEPM. We're right. talking like, the real <laughs> national public that radio. That is so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you guys. Yeah. I'm stoked about it. Tell us which story. Oh, yes. It's uh, a story that I did on NPM, NEPM. There's a little restaurant called Mesa Verde in Greenfield that has a Haitian pop-up every Sunday night. And now a whole national audience is going to be able to hear about you know, what's going on with those Haitian migrants and what people locally are trying to do to make sure that they get working papers. When's that going to be on, do you know? Oh, I think it's going to be on during the holiday. So right. maybe a ton of people or no one is going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exciting. But everyone should go eat at Mesa Verde yeah. anyway yeah. because yes. it's awesome. And oh we have gosh. done a wine Thunderdome we with did. Mesa Amy, Amy McMahon, and we talked oh. an awful lot about the Haitian pop-up there. She is the smartest wine snob that does not spend their full time working in wine that I know. Yeah, she's working the best. full time in wine is not going to make you smart. It's really funny that we have a tiebreaker here today because I already know how much I love both these wines and I was ready to abstain from voting. The other big thing is that this Saturday at State Street from 2 to 5, the return of the gala tasting. That's right. Where all sorts of wine purveyors will be populating the wine store above here. Are the wines we're going to drink today tasteable at the gala tasting? Both of these wines will absolutely be at the gala tasting on Saturday. So you can make it, you can do your own Thunderdome. That's right. Two men one man you can decide if we're right or wrong. So what are we drinking there, wine son? Uh, so we're going to try two really big red wines from Old World producers, the Le Cardon de la Seg from Bordeaux. And we have the, looks like it says Cune, but really it's CVNE. This was a misprint originally. They just kind of went with it. And so here we are like 85 years later and they still are printing it in this stylized Cune. But really it is the Campagna Vinicola del Norte de España. And this is a Rioja Grand Reserva, so from Spain. Two big reds enter, Two, one, one big, big red leave. Should we sing the big red theme song I mean, again we like we did upstairs? We were doing it earlier. Just kiss a little longer, 
Stay close a little longer. Hold tight a little longer. Longer with big red. That big red freshness blasts right through it. Your fresh breath goes on and on. While you chew it, say goodbye a little longer. Make it last a little longer. Keep your breath on like a freshness with big red. Nirvani Williams, that was a commercial from the 1980s <laughs> for Big Red Gum. Back when everybody knew all of the same things because there was only four, four things to watch. Oh, true. I was thinking Clifford, like, where are we going? What are we doing? That is not a song about fireball. No. <laughs> Back to the 80s, though. Please, I've never been. Oh, uh, we're old. So the Grand Reserva is from 2015. Rioja, one of the few areas on Earth that actually has requirements for things like Reserve and Grand Reserva. Two years in barrel, and then it's bottled and it has to be laid down for three years. 2015, especially Old World, for Reds is a fantastic year. I opened both of them up about two hours ago. Yeah, decanted. Dec- you got the other fancy. Like, I know, we're extra we fancy be, I know, we're so fancy. Pinky out. We're trying to impress you, Nirvani. I'm very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I love a decanter. Yeah. <laughs> the fruit on this is lovely. Yeah, cherry, mm-hmm. leather. Yeah, leather. Beef. You're saying that just so you can use Sam (laughs) Elliott again. Maybe. Roast beef, Catalonian beef ragu, Mongolian beef. That's what's for dinner. This wine is very linear. Mm. Like the tannins are just Mm. like zip front to back. You know, like, it's it's like a luge. Losing this wine right now. (laughs) Losing it over this. No, no, damn it, they all join in. Is Khalees anti-pun? Yes. Well, she's mostly anti-me. Pun. Oh, I quite just... enjoy puns. I just want them to be good. A national podcast called me <laughs> to add puns to their podcast. Okay. I just want pun runs because it means that you had to keep going with it. You took this idea and you would not let go. If you're able to take a pun and just stretch it, that's the type of quality I'm looking for in my puns. This is the smoothest wine I've ever had in my life. Just you wait. You wait. Oh, wait. gosh. <clears throat> Ooh, I'm so excited. What kind of wines do you like generally, Nirvani? Just the regular old folk wines like Cabernets, Pinot Noirs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We like all of that and more. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. just like us old people. I meant to say old Or like common folk people. Common. <laughs> what is Tannis? Tannis? How are you now? Tannin. What are? Tannin. I'll, I'll tell you what I tell people in the store upstairs. Have you ever bitten into a grape and had the inside of your teeth that are dry out? Those are tannins. That comes from the skin of the grape or the, perhaps the pit or the stem of the grape. The longer the juice of the grape when it's pressed has contact with those things, the more tannic the wine will become. And the way they make white wine is different than how they make red wine. So red wine has more contact with the skins and the stems. Everything. So you get typically more tannins in a red wine than you would a white wine. Tannins is what everybody used to play before pickleball became oh popular. What's pickleball? Don't even ask. We don't even know. It's like mini tennis, but bigger than ping pong. There were two units in my high school PE that everybody looked forward to every year. One was volleyball and one was pickleball. What? What? And we high went... school? Yes. Are you like that oh, guy who we went to high school with that believes their uncle invented this sport? I, I thought... Yeah, I was like, in high school, my, my uncle invented this game called dodgeball. I thought that pickleball was relatively unique to Northampton when I was in my teens because I had never heard of it before. And then I never heard of it again until about five years ago. What? Also, Ultimate Frisbee has its roots in here too. Not Maybe not originally, but like definitely popularized here. I mean, that makes Uh, sense. All the hippies. My wife and I used to joke that you could major in Ultimate Frisbee at Hampshire College. Yeah, right. The first wine was the (laughs) Cune, a Rioja Gran Reserva, which will be poured at the Gala Tasting at State Street between two and five 
on Saturday, are along with make, all sorts of other beers. Oh, are you going to make an appearance? And spirits. I believe I will be making an appearance, yes. What is wine number two, wine son? This is the Le Cadran de la Segue. Three, that's a magic number. And it is from Saint-Emilion in Bordeaux. And Saint-Emilion, famous for Merlot. So is this Merlot heavy? It is. The nose on this is just so all dried it fruit. It smells deep. Do you know what I mean? Yes. yes. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're going it. You're doing yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> You'll be my wine uncle. Oh, that's so sweet. You mean like your creepy wine uncle? The one who like lives in his mom's basement still? That's exactly yeah. what she means. I also think she just called you old. Dry cherry and like a little bit of earth too. Yeah. Just like, that smells oh, delightful. Wow. Usually yeah. there's blueberry with Merlot, but not so much in this yeah, one. Yeah, and I don't a lot think. of old world Merlot doesn't have that huge blueberry note. It's mm. a little bit more restrained and it tends to be, again, like a, a leathery, earthy note that mm. surrounds it. New world Merlot is definitely like California Merlot. It's like, boom, blueberry. Very jam. Yeah. You know? What do you mean by old world and new world? Um, Europe versus um, Latin America. Else. Europe, Europe sure. versus everywhere. <laughs> sure. Oh, so yeah. old world is Europe. Yes. New world yes. is yes. In the world of wine. All the, In the world of wine. Yes. Never mind all those other cultures that exist uh, around sure. Europe that yeah. are brand yeah. new. It's, it's totally yeah. problematic. It's yeah. colonizers yes. versus. Yes. 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 You're catching on quickly. There we go. Good. Yeah. I'm not getting a lot of Cab Franc in this. I'm getting the Cabernet Sauvignon, but the Cab Franc notes, I'm not getting a lot of it. Yeah. There is there is some earth which I associate with Cab Franc. Poop. Did you say earth like that? I did. I said I, 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 I whispered. I, like, I, I whispered just, poop I in the microphone. So. I'm not tasting Merlot flavors. I'm really not. Is anyone else? To me, Merlot is two things. One is sometimes blueberry, yep. and the other is cocoa powder. Yeah. And so the cocoa powder aspect of Merlot, I am tasting. Yeah. So, and that's yes. more common for French mm-hmm. Merlot. It's going to have that not chocolate but cocoa powder type thing. Okay, I'm not just an idiot. But the tannins on this are much wider. Like yes. the ones on the, the Rioja were very narrow, yeah. like very, no, very is, constrained. This just like this spreads yeah. out. This is lush. How long did you decant this wine? So or, we open these at the same time. Yes, we decant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that one. That was a good one. That's my favorite one today. I decant with Thank you. you. This one is showing a lot more tannic power and structure behind it. Mm-hmm. Muscular, as they yes, say. Oh, yeah. It's a muscular wine. I love the new descriptions that keep coming up for wine. I'm getting notes of uh, dried robin's blood, old dirty cashews, and just a hint of a robot's bathwater. The moment you start using wine terminology that you're not comfortable with, people are going to think you're a poser. If you are with a group of friends and you're like, oh, this is X, probably words that you use with your friends, and I don't even know what they mean. But like, like Riz. Right. Oh, Wait, wait, I learned charisma, charisma, right? Yes, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, you know, you yeah, maybe not. Let me get my walker out and tell you kids about these other <laughs> things. It's important to use terminology that you're comfortable with when talking about wines with your peers. You know, like don't try to be pompous. Like that's our job. Language is important. So if you're using words that nobody else understands, then you're not actually communicating anything. It's almost like mm-hmm. it's essential to be authentic, which is the Merriam-Webster <laughs> word of the oh, year. Right. And if the wine has riz and you feel comfortable saying that, then you're go for it. The Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's their word of the year. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. See, this. I'm getting more dustiness yeah. this time around. This has got a lot of barnyard going on with it now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. But, I am like tasting the... more barnyard. Barnyard the equals nose, poop, Nirvani. has expanded. I still want steak. Mm. Me too. Yeah. That was number one I thing. Want ever. Steak. To not have it would but be a or, mistake. Or, um, a steak pun? That's a rare medium well done. It's not well done. 
Boom! It's the greatest pun of all time. By the way, this is not this does not count as a pun run. That counted. That counted. I don't know. If you're able to take a pun and just stretch it, that's the type of quality I'm looking for in my puns. Now it is time to vote in the Thunderdome here in the Wine Bunker, deep below State Street Fruit Store Deli Wines and Spirits, where the gala tasting will happen on Saturday between two and five. You can taste both of these wines, which are the Spanish Rioja and the Right Bank Saint Emilion. French, mostly Merlot. Who wants to vote first? I'm pointing at you. You are. Wine and I'm struggling to decide. I, I told you going into this that I was ready to step aside to avoid a tie, but now that there's five of us, I am gonna go with the Le Cadran Saint Emilion. Yankee Sipa. I'm gonna surprise myself. I'm gonna go with the Rioja. Kali Smith. Oh why? And you need a minute because yeah. I'll vote. Yeah, you vote. I vote Saint Emilion. I like that. I think I'm also going with the... Then you don't even need to break the tie, Nirvani Williams. But you should tell us which one you, you, like. you, which one you, you like, like the best one. anyway. Yeah, I really like the French one. Nice! Yeah. I think, and, it, and I was going to say the Rioja first, but mm -hmm. I don't know, after having the other one, tasting it again. Yeah. It's almost like splitting hairs again. Yeah. Yeah. Like we picked two really great wines. Next time I think maybe I'll just pick a dog so that we can just rip on it a little bit. Well, yeah. speaking of Amy <laughs> McMahon, who your national public radio story is going to be about, Nirvani yeah. Williams, one time for my wine column she came over my house and she bagged oh, five oh, wines yeah. and one of them was apothic red and we were trying to test our wine snobbery to see if we could taste apothic red without looking at it and we were so nervous that we weren't going to be able to do it because we tasted one we tasted two we yeah. tasted three we tasted four and we were like this fifth wine better so obviously be apothic <laughs> red or we're in big trouble and it was so that was, that was good yeah Nirvani Williams from the NAPM News Department. Do you feel like you learned anything on this first journey here? I do. I feel like I learned so much from everyone and especially from you, Monty, which oh, I on. wasn't expecting to do. That was amazing. <laughs> Next up, Kari and Jiri. You're going to come oh drink with us. God. We've invited him to come when we go to Provisions or when we go to oh, Table and Vine because yeah, it's like nearby yeah. and we're like, just come out. I'm going to get you. I'll get him we're for coming. you. Coming nice. For you. I got you. Up next, the bucolic sounds of Tracy Grammer for Live Music Friday. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. I'm Monty Belmonte. And I'm Clay Smith. Tracy Grammer is a brilliant artist and unique individual. Her voice is distinctive as is her mastery over the instrument she plays, says none other than Joan Baez. Her pure voice conveys the simple truths of these songs. Her gifts as a musician are like that of a painter who is a master of chiaroscuro, offering light and shadow at every turn, says Mary Chapin Carpenter. And the Boston Globe called her one of the finest pure musicians anywhere in folkdom. She's playing the parlor room in Northampton tomorrow night Saturday, December 9th. And here to perform the Big Red Gum no. theme song. <laughs> Tracy Grammer, you were singing along to the uh, the Big Red <laughs> the Big Red theme song when we were singing that during the wine segment? Who wasn't? Oh. I mean, come on. I wish we were recording that. <laughs> no, no, those moments are for us. Those are for us. That's right. <laughs> uh, but you are here to perform for us in anticipation of your Parlor Room show tomorrow night. Thank and many you. others, which we'll get into. Yeah, you have another show coming up on Tuesday as well. I do, yeah. Let's hear a song. All right, let's do it. Um, this one is called Shadows of Evangeline. It is rain, it is age, it is cold. 
Tracy Grammer, this live music Friday here so on the Fabulous good. 413, performing tomorrow night, Saturday, December 9th, at the Parlor Room in Northampton. We've created an entire Northampton day for you tomorrow with four craft fairs, a gala wine tasting, and then a, a wonderful show at the Parlor Room. Indeed. And in fact, you're performing tonight, just not music. Is that correct? You're in the theater piece? Wait, is it, t- is it the 8th? I don't know what day it is. It is the 8th, all day. Oh. No, yeah. not me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you are performing at the Drake on Tuesday as well, and it's uh, not necessarily a Just You show. It's a tribute to another wonderful songwriter. That's right. We're doing a, a tribute to, uh, well, Signature Sounds has been running this Back Porch Festival, and it's it's been a series of tributes to different songwriters. 
And so the one on Tuesday, the 12th, is for Nancy Griffith. And I believe it might be sold out. Oh, it is sold out. Right. Yeah. It is very sold out. So, yeah, those those shows at the Drake are, are really, those songwriter nights are really packed. They pack early, so... Sounds like a great time. Has mm-hmm. it been fun gathering the songs of hers that you you love to share with everybody else? Like, I feel weird, not weirdly about covers, but like covers always introduce me to other bits of the artists that I love in new aspects when you have to like really get into them. Yeah, yeah. You certainly do have to find yourself inside the song in order to deliver it authentically, you know. But the thing about Nancy Griffith, and it was the same thing with me for Towns Van Zandt, is that I didn't come to these artists through them. I came through artists doing covers of their music in in mainstream country, mainly like Kathy Matea and Susie Boggess. And so since I grew up listening to country music, that's how I came in sideways to Nancy Griffith. I didn't know that she had written those songs till much, much later, until I was really performing in this world. So... So yeah, so when I when I do my couple of songs that night, it's it's going to be a tribute to all three of those ladies, really, um, and Emmy Lou Harris too, because we're doing one of those. But one of the ways that I came across your music was 20 years ago, and it was a tribute as well. And I know that you have been um, going through your Patreon site, going through the archives of your old recordings with the late Dave Alvin. I saw you first at the Green River Festival uh, in 2002, just after he had passed away. And the way that the musical community came together to perform those songs and surround Mm -hmm. you and the rest of the musical community um, in love in that way really showed me something special about about this area and that festival. Dave Carter? Dave Carter. I'm sorry, Dave Alvin. Dave, Dave Carter. Alvin is definitely yes. alive. Dave Alvin's alive. Dave Carter. Dave Carter. Got my Dave's confused. A lot but of people story... are holding their breath right yes, now. No, They're no, like, no. wait, like, I didn't Dave hear Carter. that. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Two days he's been doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the, um, you know, well, this is one thing that's very special about the folk community, you know, is they just... Um, when somebody falls, everybody picks up their songs and marches forward. And that's what the last 20 years have been about, you know, for me since yeah. Dave Carter passed away. And and I just love that so many of my fellow troubadours have taken the songs and made them their own and done their own recordings of them and helped sort of carry the load forward. You know, I, in the beginning, I thought it was just going to be me. And I'm like waving this flag coming. Come on, everybody, let's sing these songs. And I didn't know if anybody would join me. But, um, you know, it, it goes all the way up from kids around a campfire to Willie Nelson and and Judy Collins doing a duet of When I Go. So we've got the whole spectrum. I feel like the legacy is solid now. (laughs) It's in good hands. It's in everybody's hands. And so that that has actually freed me up a little bit to do songwriting or do some other projects that you mentioned theater. I'm doing some theater. I was going to say, I I figured it out. I looked at the wrong date. It was last year, but still, (laughs) still really cool to be doing theater in addition to music because how you approach it is entirely different. But yeah. um, I don't know if I have time to ask you. I'd rather hear another song. Yeah, let's say our farewells before we hear one more. Um, Special thanks to Spouse Happy Valley Guitar Orchestra, Steve Earle, Vince Garaldi, Tina Turner, De La Soul, Parks and Rec, and our guest who's performing at the Parlor Room uh, tomorrow night, Tracy Kramer. And a huge thanks to Bart Rankin for coming in and running sound. Yes, thank you for making it pretty. Oh, and and one brief other thing. You're also performing at First Night, so if you miss this particular performance, if you're coming to Northampton's First Night, which hopefully we'll talk to them about later on, you can also catch Tracy Grammer playing. Let's hear one more from Tracy Grammer this Live Music Friday on the Fabulous 413. Thank you. I'll I'll play you um, kind of a newer song. This one's called Gregory Dean. 
Well, you're welcome. Thank you.